0: Everything in the sea, everything in the air, everything in the heavens and on earth. The one whose majesty is above all that we can ask or think. And we are so privileged to lay our burdens at your feet, to have your spirit interpret for us, and know that we have your son as our advocate. How blessed are we! What fantastic gifts. Father, help us find that strength because we know that you've already given it to us because it's in you and in your mighty power so that we can put on your armor so that we'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of Satan. We know that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Our enemies are evil rulers and authorities and unseen, unseen powers of the world. Mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places because you told us that's, those are our enemies. And I help us not to fight with each other. Help us to see the difference. Open our eyes, open our ears, and our hearts so that we can love everyone because that's what you did. So, Father, we ask that you assist us in putting on your armor so that we'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after that battle, we'll be able to stand firm and stand our ground by putting on the belt of your truth, by putting on the body armor of your righteousness, by putting on the shoes from the peace that comes from the good news so that we will be fully prepared to share the gospel with every single person that we see because we don't know. We don't know who doesn't have you and who doesn't. We get a clue every now and then and we're so thankful for the spirit that does that for us. But we can't take, we can't miss an opportunity to share you with everybody. In addition to that, Father, help us to hold up the shield of faith. We know that that's what you ask us to do is to believe in you. And we know that we can stop the fiery darts of Satan with that faith. And help us to remember that we have the helmet of salvation to protect us along with the sword of your spirit the Word of God. So, Father, we pray to you in spirit. And on this occasion, we want to stay alert and persistent for all believers everywhere, for those who have asked for our prayers this weekend, for those people that are in our home congregations, wherever they are, that need you, that want you, that are struggling or striving or hungry that we would see those needs and whatever needs in front of us that we feel it. Father, I pray for me. I pray that you give me the right words so that I can boldly explain your mysterious plan and the good news that you planned out from your people all the way through us. I'm not in change like Paul was but still, as preaching the message as your ambassador, I pray that you help me to speak boldly just for you, like I should. Be with us all as we leave and keep us safe on our travels home. Most importantly, help us keep that fire alive so that we can share the good news to everybody we meet and not grow tired and weary. Just one foot in front of the other. It's because Jesus ran the race and set us an example that we are here for you. I look forward to being with you again. Amen. Okay. Walk a mile in my shoes. Being holy in the real world. Sometimes it stinks, doesn't it? Like shoes the reality of it all right we just have to stop and evaluate and put up with right it's all good it's all good he can help us that's one thing i liked about covid when i got covid i lost my sense of smell and sense of taste taste wasn't so bad because when i tasted sugar it tasted really bad to me bad metal taste in my mouth and i was like Man, I hope this stays around because this will help me a lot um but then i I lost my sense of smell, and that was that was really hard, and I started getting it back and I remember the first day I walked into my store and I was like, "I smell butter it was so good, butter, popcorn I mean you just can't go wrong with that right that was a, That was a great day. I love that, but the thing is that I mean now it's a little little better, but it's been two years since I had it. I don't smell bad smells, which is kind of nice because I don't smell skunks and I clean the grease trap, which kind of smells like vomit sometimes. Sorry. But, it, you know, I don't, I don't smell bad smells. The bad thing is that I don't smell my bad smells, which is really bad. So, sorry. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, it's coming back. I'm glad. Okie doke. So, um... We're being set apart. We are to be holy. And that's what the definition of holy is. is set apart for a particular purpose. There's that word. Anybody know? I don't know why that little line is in that circle. Oh, I know. It's the other L. It's supposed to say full. Really? I don't know. It's supposed to say full. So if you imagine it says full, what do you think that means? Full circle. We've come full circle, haven't we? Isn't that where we started? We started with purpose, right? There's the purpose. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised us with Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that we have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of his incredible wealth of grace and kindness toward us as shown to all, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Are we united with Christ Jesus? How many times did he say that? Remember that. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for that. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. That took all the burden off my shoulders. I don't know about you. I don't have to worry about finding the thing, I mean, making things to do. God already did that. All I have to do is watch for it. He planned it out for us. So let's talk about holiness and what it looks like. Here's another note taking place when he ascended to the heights oh sorry i'm going to tell that afterwards okay sorry
1: chapter four i therefore a prisoner for the lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk, as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5 Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, but you're out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Chapter 6 Children Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ.
0: So let's talk about holiness and what it looks like. It says, "When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people." This is a quote from Psalm 68:18, where it says, "Whereas most kings led It says, "Most kings led their captives and they honored him. They gave gifts to the captor." But with Jesus, he led us out of captivity and gave gifts to us. Jesus turns everything upside down. His His way of teaching us is um, contrary to the nature of the world. You need to pay attention to that. I am... Um, I didn't understand this verse and the more I read Ephesians, the more I understand that it's not the way it's always been. We need to pay attention to what he says because things might be different than we think they are. Watch our shoes. So we might need to change our shoes. So what does it look like to be a disciple, a a follower, a student of Christ? Essential. Faith, hope, and love. Every time Paul writes, you find this. He's very consistent about it. And we do that courageously. I believe that 100%. Walking in the shoes that God chose for us. We've got to leave our hearts open because they may look different than we think. We saw that in the skit today, didn't we? It's not necessarily what looks right. Leave our hearts open, listen to God, what he says. First Thessalonians four, one through twelve. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in this passage, Paul exhorts us, urges us, the believers in Thessalonica, and therefore us to grow to increase and to progress in their walk he encouraged them therefore we are encouraged to progress in our walk to please God there's that purpose again verse 3 says for this is the will of God your sanctification what is sanctification holiness holiness being set apart. He gave instructions about staying away from sexual sins, not defrauding, not cheating, hurting our brothers and sisters in Christ that way because the Lord will avenge. This is very important to him. We have to take care of our bodies, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. This is a big temptation for so many people. Remember that he gave you his Holy Spirit. Paul continues in verse 9 to the believers and says, But concerning brotherly love, you don't have any need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren in Macedonia. But we urge you to increase more and more. It's all about growing. All about it that you also aspire to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your own hands like Paul commanded them and here's those words so that you may walk properly toward those who are outside we want them to see Christ living in us we're different we need to look different and that we may lack nothing Wow. Do you want to have everything you need? It's in Christ. It's in Christ. Do you want to influence non-believers for Jesus? We can do it through Christ. Because it's not believing in myself more. That's what the world is going to tell you. Just get it all together. Do the... do the. Um, Psychiatry thing that you do, the do all of this self help things. It is not believing in myself more, it is trusting God knows and has prepared what we need to get it done. Believe it, trust Him, believe it. Joshua 1 9. We could probably all quote this, hey. Be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know how many times this is there, I'm pretty sure it's at least three. The people told Joshua, God told Joshua, Moses told Joshua. You think maybe he had a problem with being afraid? I don't know, maybe, I would. Did Joshua have a reason to worry? Put yourself in his shoes? What was his job? He was supposed to take this huge amount of people into a land and annihilate everybody, take it all over. Seems a little daunting task to me. But if he did what God said, and that is remember, he could remember because he was there what happened to the Egyptians in the Red Sea, what happened to the Midianites when they took revenge on them. There were 1,000 people from every single tribe, 12,000 men, that went to fight that battle. Guess how many men were missing? Anybody? Five? Ten? None. Not one man was missing. God can do that. Sihon and Og... That's mentioned over and over and over again, how they annihilated these pin, these people who, who put God to the test. God takes care of his people. And these are in these books to remind us how much God cares and how powerful he is toward those who love him and believe in him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. By the way, this is not a suggestion. This is a commandment. Do not. Moms, we know that, right? Do not. Do not be anxious about something. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is my mental health passage. Whenever I stop to think about what's going to get me through when I can't think right, when things aren't going right, where am I going to go? This one centers me. Here it is. This, is. this is what keeps my mind in the right place. Meditate on it. Repeat it. God loves it. And this is how we learn to pray. We did a whole section in um, Abilene on prayer. And if you remember the word acts, A-C-T-S. Pray with adoration and confession and thanksgiving and then supplication. I don't know if you heard that before, but boy, that really helped me. Keep it in order. Keep it in perspective. Huh. Fear. Wow. That's a big one, isn't it? You, you folks are, are going to go home. Some of you are going to stay here because it is home. I'm going to go home, and there is a lot of work to do. And when you got a lot of people doing a lot of work, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be... Irritation. There's going to be things you got to go along with, right? Don't be afraid. There is no fear in love. There's a balance. No, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must always love his brother. So what do you really fear? Seeing that not one man was missing from that battle, would you have as much fear going into the land of Canaan fighting that battle wouldn't it help remind ourselves remind ourselves about that that's in numbers 31 it gives us the confidence that we need to go ahead and step out and do what we need to do and when we work with each other we learn to love and we learn to forgive talk about things understand each other and go back to work Do I need to remind you about what love is? I don't have to read that again, do I? (laughs) We know this one, don't we? I tell you what, sometimes I read it every day because sometimes it's harder than others, right? So I love Jesus' teachings um, in the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus pointed the direction and was very straightforward about it when he taught his disciples on the mountain. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be judged with the judgment you pronounce, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to us. Remember the Pharisees and the mint and the time and the cumin and the justice and the faith and the mercy. Which shovel do you want to use? Why do you see the speck that's in your sister's eye? I added that. But do not have faith, I'm sorry, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Don't be a hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your sister's eye. He didn't say don't help them. He said take care of yourself first. Anyone who listens to my teaching and, does, and, and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on a bedrock. But anyone who hears his teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains come and the floods come and the winds beat against the house it will collapse with a mighty crash Jesus taught his disciples blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We expect persecution from outside. I know that. But Satan uses the body of Christ against itself. Don't be foolish. Look for the wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm sorry, I know they're there. But they are. Trust him. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. That's the way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's so upside down, isn't it? Oh, I'm so happy they're giving me a hard time. I'm so thankful they're hurting my feelings. It's a hard place to go, but you can do it. You can find that. Lay in his love. I got to thinking about the prophets and judges in the Old Testament. They were called. They were chosen. Their shoes were chosen for them. I'm pretty sure most of them were not that comfortable. I love the comfort thing that you read. Amen. Amen, sister. That was Those are not comfortable shoes. Jeremiah? mm I'm sure Moses tried every way he could to think, every way he could think of, to get out of putting on those shoes, the rescuer's shoes, the leader's shoes, the opposer's shoes, before Pharaoh. Man. You know, I was like, I can't talk. He didn't get out of it that easy, did he? <laughs> no, he did not. And so, of course, Jesus is, he said his shoes were, what is that? oh, he said that our shoes would seldom be comfortable. That's not exactly what he calls our shoes. <laughs> we will be uncomfortable. We are called to do that. He says, be salt. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall the saltiness be restored? It's not good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. There's your choice. Let's be salt. Be light. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket or put it on a lampstand so the whole world can see it. The whole house can see it. Let your light shine so that people can see it and glorify God. Mm, There we go back to that purpose, isn't it? Glorify him. Glorify him in what we do, what we say, who we are and our souls. So I'm going to give you some scriptures. They're not going to be especially poignant to you or relevant, but in my life, at specific times and in certain circumstances, these were the parts of God's words spoken by the Holy Spirit into my heart that encouraged me to remember who God is, that He loves me, and that I am and who I am, so that I could put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. Do what needed to be done. Put on my big girl shoes and go to work. Um, I didn't switch it. Here we go. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, sisters, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise... Think about these things. So one of my children was deep in sin, entangled in a conspiracy of the devil to steal her soul. And I was completely distraught. Instead of um, turning and holding on to anger and revenge, I turned to Philippians 4, 4 through 7. My mental health passage that I read before And what's so amazing is that Paul always puts a practical application when he tells you, don't be anxious. He doesn't just say, don't be anxious. He says, instead of thinking about this, think about this. And so he gives us a list, and here's the list. So I um, had this horrible anxiety about it all, and I, uh, I just started at the top of the list and it says whatever's true and in all honesty I couldn't have quoted the verse to you at that time I would get them all mixed up I, but I knew the first one was whatever's true and the only thing that I could think of when we were going through this situation was when I die Jesus is going to come get me and you know what, that's all I needed it got me through those days and that couple of weeks until things got back on a, um, on an even keel. Figured out what to do. Did I switch it? And um, and eventually I could move down that list and I could go to whatever's honorable. I could name that. And I figured out that this is a list to get to that point of of that peace of that wonderful dependence on God that I don't have to fix everything. I just need to focus on what reality is. And so when you find yourself in that position, you can go to that you can go to that verse and you can say, whatever is just, I know there's justice. God tells us that. You can go down that list and encourage your heart. Encourage other people if they're in the same situation. It's an exercise in faith. And it was essential thoughts for my day. It helped the spirit to hold on to me so that the devil wouldn't get a foothold. Many times, this scripture, 2 Peter 1 3 through 4, I don't know if I quoted it already. I think it's been quoted this weekend for sure. Um, but this scripture has reined in my excitable spirit and comforted me in the here and now. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness you need nothing more if you have Christ through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises here's the words so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire do you know what that is partakers of the divine nature you have God's Holy Spirit living in you how amazing is that he wants to live with you he wants to live with us and how complete are we when we're together and his spirit is in all of us hmm I say that to my husband all the time. You know, somebody's doing something that's kind of iffy, and we're wondering, and we're praying about it. And I say, you know, we don't have to worry about this. Same spirit lives in them, lives in us. God's taking care of that. We don't have to take care of that. That's not our job. Our job is to love. I already told you about that one this morning, so we're skipping that one. (laughs) So... God is a determined God. And if you break that word down, determined, determined God. You see that little sparkle. Be inspired. Dig deeper. Keep digging. We've only scratched the surface. There is a mountain of gold, a mountain of wonderful blessings that God has for us. We just have to be determined to keep mining for it persevere in search of those nuggets of gold that are so precious to our souls and our spirits be diligent get up get going don't just sit there persevere climb in a hill it's not easy but keep going one step at a time That's the important thing. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do it exactly right. It doesn't all have to be right down the line. Just keep going. Keep believing. Persevere. Do not give up. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Don't stop loving. And some basic lessons... My husband and I lead a class in uh, Abilene. It's called Courageous, Growing From Where You Are. And these are some of the basic lessons that we have. And if you will take these, read them, talk to people about them, share them with each other. This is what I did. Somebody, who was it, was telling me that they have devotionals once a month and they have a special word. Who did that? Is that Bonnie? Somebody told me. Anyway so we do this once a week we have this class and we have the lesson of thankfulness and everything give thanks for Thessalonians 5.18 next week we'll we'll be thoughtful we will treat other people as you want to, them to treat you Matthew 7.12 the next week we study whatever your hand finds to do it do it with your might oh sorry be quick to listen and slow to speak that's selflessness sorry I skipped it James 1.19 and then The lack of procrastination, Colossians 3.23. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might as to the Lord. In Philippians 4.6, we talk about that positive outlook and focus is do not worry. We're not going to worry about what's happening today. We're going to go on and do it. And enthusiasm. That's a great lesson. Romans 12.9-12. through Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal. And be fervent in your spirit. Enthusiasm means God within. Let Him be out. Let Him come out. Let Him shine. And then, of course, one of the hardest ones is um, don't worry. Mm, That was, I mixed that with that, but it's okay. Um, Don't worry about your life, your soul, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on your body, like your shoes. (laughs) He's got it all taken care of, He takes care of the flowers. Takes care of the birds. God? So as you go through this life, joy and fulfillment in your life is when desire intersects your gift. Somebody gave that to me and I thought I needed to share that with you. And then my son gave me the fact that your gift is evident at the intersection of your ability. And someone else's need. And I thought that was beautiful. And that's, that's what it takes. Put her shoes on and go to work. Love each other. Thank you so much for having me.